0: My name is Helen Shikanda. I am a health and science reporter with the Daily Nation. Hi, hi Esther. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, uh, so we'll just start right away. I spoke to Esther who for years had the endometriosis pain without getting proper diagnosis. But what really is endometriosis, you may ask. It all starts with the uterus. The innermost layer of the uterus is called endometrium. But when it grows outside the uterine walls, it leads to a condition called endometriosis, which makes menstruation for women painful and unbearable. The World Health Organization, as of last year, says that endometriosis affects about 10% of women and girls in the reproductive age. I recently came across startling statistics on Facebook. A survey conducted on people with endometriosis, about 800 people, and it showed the link between endometriosis and suicide. And it said that about 84.9% of people living with endometriosis are likely to experience that suicidal ideation. And furthermore, something that even shocked me is that 74.5% of medics didn't believe their patients when they said they had pain, which could lead to an endometriosis diagnosis. On my phone call conversation with Esther, she told me her story.
1: Hello, my name is Esther Bobakimania. I am a mental psycho coach with a background in psychology and a teen coach as well
0: and I like to work with girls and women through their menstrual cycle journeys. Mm-hmm. Good Esther, so um, you said you have a background in psychology and menstrual cycle, but today here we are going to talk about something that you are battling which is endometriosis. Yeah. So uh, do you mind like walking us through your endometriosis journey, how has it been, when were you diagnosed, how did it feel?
1: My endometriosis journey has has been full circle in the sense that I went from absolutely loathing my parents to actually really liking my parents that mm-hmm. they do right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was an early bloomer, at my parents at nine, but my parents disappeared. I didn't even know whether they were supposed to come or stay. Mm-hmm. And they came back at 11, For mm-hmm. we okay until I was about 13 and then... The person who was regulating the pain seemed to increase it as the years went by. Mm-hmm. And by fifteen now it got really, really painful and also really heavy. However, I didn't have any any signs. I didn't used to throw up or, you know, exhibit other signs that showed extreme pain, but I was always in a lot of pain and my pillow was very heavy. I had clots big clots. I didn't even know what clots were, whether they were normal or abnormal, because we don't talk about that. We're only told that your period will come out, it will be red, but we're not really told what other factors will surround it. And I remember I went up Mount Kenya, this was my second time going up, but I haven't gone back since, because it was such a horrible experience. And I was in so much pain, I was struggling to pee which had never happened before and this was also around the time that my period was coming. So when we got down the mountain, I experienced a lot of pain, very, very, very painful and heavy periods and sort of like it got better. Like when I got back home, it was okay, manageable, abnormal, but still okay and it took me up until i was 18 in university that's when i actually now began to look for some answers because now i was missing school i was struggling to attend all my classes because this pain wasn't just during my period it would interrupt my life at any time in the cycle and it came masqueraded as frequent infections that never really resolved so this time i was having this recurrent um, urinary tract infection that could not be explained and no medication was touching it when my the doctor at school felt he had maxed out his ability to help he referred me to a gynecologist and i was the youngest girl i always remember I was the youngest girl in the waiting room struggling to find some answers uh but the gynecologist actually referred me now to the urologist, and the urologist did all the routine tests and said, you know, let's go in and do a little surgery to see what's going on. So I had my first surgery at 18, I was just about to 19, and they went into my bladder, found a mass, and they just said I'm prone to infection nothing else nothing nothing much so it was good like there was nothing else that was wrong but it was also really difficult because here i am and i have this pain and i'm just still prone to infection like there's no name there's no cause it just seems like an anomaly in my body so back to the doctor in school my life was still interrupted by pain and it was getting worse because now the more stressed I got, the worse the pain got. Mm-hmm. So any time that we we're going closer to exams it become it became very difficult to even mm-hmm. just be there a hundred percent. I remember this time we fainted in town at that, that time that I couldn't walk, my clothes couldn't fit me, like during my period or even during ovulation, in the middle of my cycle, like I couldn't zip up my pants because I was so bloated and now the doctor sent me now back to the gynecologist to try and find the origin of this pain so of course I did the test again because they're always looking for a very non-invasive method to try and rule out the pain that you're experiencing and when that didn't work he said you know As I suspect that you actually have and I was like, know what? And he said the only way I can confirm is by us going in for a surgery. So we went in for a surgery. I think it was like a Tuesday and on Saturday I was in for surgery. I I don't feel like I was adequately prepared but I was so done with the pain and just ready to get some answers. So if it meant going in for the surgery, thankfully this wasn't the first one but this was more invasive. Then I was absolutely fine fine with that. When he went in, he did find endometriosis, which is a good and a bad thing um, because now he found it on the left side, which was now on my left ovary and my large intestine as well. And it explained some symptoms that I'd had since teenage, like I had problems with bowel movements since teenage. But we don't talk about bowel movements either. So, how do you know what's normal and what's not normal? How do you know what's at affected by your cycle and what's not so I think that if I knew more as a teenage girl I definitely would have sounded an alarm earlier and perhaps looked for more answers but I was put on a hormonal treatment afterwards which was great and horrible at the same time because I had my period disappear for nine months But I added five kilos in one month, and I was very, very blue, depressed down. My mental health felt like it had been taken over by something else, and the brain fog was really, really bad. I was struggling to remember, which is not great when you're in university, and I kept having hot flashes. I was like in a temporary menopause state, and that was hard. That was really hard. I don't know which was harder. It's more like choosing your heart. You have to choose between, I know, choices, the pain that you've known, and then the pain, or rather the discomfort that comes with taking this.
0: Like it took you 9 years to to be diagnosed with endometriosis which is quite a long time because all these 9 years you were in pain so when you started your menstruation at the age of 9 did that pain start at that point or it took some time before the endometriosis pain started to show up I'd say the
1: pain began at 13, 13 is where I can tell you I actually had not discomfort, but pain. So I'd say 13 to 19, 18, 19 is like that's the time that it took to get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it wasn't immediate. It felt like this gradual increase of pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did anyone dismiss it as something usual? Like, you know how people say that cramps is something very usual, normal for women. Did anyone dismiss your pain?
1: everyone. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's more like that was the norm. In fact, getting a diagnosis was like looking for a needle in a haystack because this pain is normal, it's generational, that's another thing. And then there were all these myths surrounding menstrual pain, that you're too young to have painful periods. Something that I was told, especially after getting the initial diagnosis, is have a big and then the pain will go away. So no one really wanted to find the cause. It was more masking it under old wives' tales or just telling you, you know, it's part of being a woman, sort of woman up and get get in line. You're not the first one to have these very painful periods.
0: How did it feel to be told to woman up and you were just 13, a teenager?
1: So that, of course, was now like when I'm 15, but. Even if it it, it can't feel as bad as endometriosis, (laughs) let me put it that way, it can't feel as bad as feeling your body betraying you or not understanding what's going on within. Because everyone is, is giving their two cents from what they're seeing on the outside, but you're actually feeling it and living in it, and it was more of, you know, you shrug them off just to maintain the little energy that you have to sort of remain within. Mm-hmm. and soldier on.
0: Okay. And when you finally got the answer nine years later at 18, how did it feel for you?
1: So liberating. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely liberating. And vindicating that it wasn't all in my head because that was another thing that I had that, you know, you're imagining the pain. felt so good to actually have a you know, a scientific diagnosis, not the one where they come and look at you and say you look like, mm-hmm. but we actually went in and found. Mm-hmm. So that was very liberating, but also absolutely lonely mm-hmm.
0: because
1: I'm also young. I only knew one other girl who had endometriosis and she was Muslim. So already we have cultural aspects mm-hmm. and then also her faith made it also a bit more difficult for her to talk about this. So, yes, I knew she had it, but we couldn't really walk together because she also wasn't permitted to discuss, mm-hmm. discuss her diagnosis, Yeah.
0: So, um, as someone who has experienced this pain, how would you describe it?
1: It's like, a, it's like a nightmare. It's like literally walking in a nightmare, watching your body betray you. It's more painful than labor, honestly speaking. Except it's you know labor you sort of have the nine months or however many months to prepare for. This one just comes when it wants, without known cause. So that's another thing, without known cause. But it literally feels like someone has a sore, or people are playing tug of war within within your abdomen. It feels hot, and by hot I don't mean warm, but it feels like someone is actually boiling something from within in the sense that sometimes you can even go to hospital and have have your vitals taken and you're actually hot your heart is beating like a beating faster because it feels like an out-of-body experience within but i also want everyone to know that they are not alone that we the are many we are one in ten and there are more and more women who are coming out to speak and to share to share their truth to share their experiences. It's not that people will judge us, but it's so that someone else can feel like I'm not alone. I wish I knew that I was not alone all those years back. I wish I knew that that it's possible to have a better quality of life. That though I'm losing, there's still some things that I can win or gain even in the journey. But I would definitely tell them: please find a doctor. Fight, fight and fight for yourself like be your own advocate if you're the one who's struggling with the pain if it's a mother, a father stand up for your daughter until she gets the help that she needs
0: Unfortunately, there's no local Kenyan data which means there's more that needs to be done by the Kenyan government and the Ministry of Health To understand this condition better I spoke to Dr. Charles Muteshi
2: my name is uh, Charles Jeshi, uh, obstetrician and gynecologist and a subspecialist in uh, reproductive medicine uh, working on, at Adakarn University. And my special interest area is uh, endometriosis and uh, fertility.
0: He explains that there's a lot of misinformation around endometriosis, which also confirms the data or the statistics that I found on Facebook people generally about endometriosis and why they need to go for diagnosis and when they need to go for diagnosis.
2: Uh the general information is that um if you don't feel well you need to be able to see the doctors and uh to recognize that you don't feel well, one is uh, pain is not normal. So if you're experiencing pain, very helpfully that uh, you arrange to see your doctor. Uh, The doctor may start by giving you simple interventions, doing some tests just to check that the common causes of pain are not overlooked. So things like simple, uh, maybe bladder infection, uh, sometimes uh, pelvic infections, Uh, aren't there and if these are not working or simple pain medications are not working then uh, the doctors with yourself as well will have to think about uh, conditions such as uh, endometriosis Uh, certainly there is uh, a lot of information available uh, on endometriosis now compared to previously and luckily we also have um, uh, patient support groups with advocacy missions Mm -hmm. And uh, they have played a great role in sensitizing uh, the public and women mm-hmm. uh, on the needs to recognize that uh, they are not well and sometimes they would side force them to the right uh, uh, treatments and also offer valued uh, support because uh, the condition itself comes uh, with a heavy, uh, a heavy burden. And, of course, from a medical perspective, um, there's a lot of work we are doing to ensure that uh, doctors are ever so aware uh, of endometriosis and uh, uh, refer patients when it's appropriate uh, to the right specialists. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Thank you so much for your time.
2: No problem. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. Bye. Good day. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Nation's Health Desk. It was produced by Waiwa Muli with the help from James Matt. It was edited and engineered by Kevin Miner. Special thanks to the Health and Science Senior Sub-Editor, Jen Jaroge. My name is Helen Shikanda.